Welcome to Noahala, the podcast, highlighting the voices, experiences, and reflections of African diasporans reconnecting to Africa. I am Gaima, and it's my intention to bridge the gap between the African and the African diasporan through the story shared by my guests and myself. We could learn a lot together. It's time to level up. It's no wahala. Ish. Yes. Ish Kanu. Yes. I feel yes. like I'm talking to the brother that I never had, but I always wanted. And now you have one, right? Can you imagine? Yep. So here we are in Sierra Leone, in Freetown. Yep. All the way from Ohio slash DC slash Virginia slash yes. New York. I think the only area we haven't lived in at the same time is LA. LA, yeah. Yeah, which is where you are now. Yeah. So what is the reason that you are here in Freetown instead of hanging out in Hollywood? Well, um, Freetown is home and Freetown has a lot to offer in terms of shaping mm -hmm. your outlook and giving you some sense of um, gratitude towards life. Mm compared to what people have, the opportunity you have, mm -hmm. Freetown could definitely shape you up to appreciate things you have on a daily daily basis. When you say you, who do you mean by you? I mean people in the diaspora, Sierraleans. Okay. You know, coming here, because I don't think me or whoever is in America was special where we can get all this opportunity that we are blessed with in the United States and most people out here in Sierra Leone don't have. You know, I don't think we're special. I don't, I just think, well, God or whoever did it that way. Mm -hmm. So for me to come to Sierra Leone and see things you take for granted in America, mm. how useful they are in life. And some people don't even have this opportunity. Here it makes you feel a sense of um, blessing and humility. Yeah. Okay. And that humbles you at the same time. Okay. Yeah. So I just had the privilege of watching you do something that I didn't know that you could do, which is yeah. to teach. Ah. Yes. Um, you just hosted day one of your workshop, mm. which is a film script writing workshop. Yeah. You had an attendance of about, we'll say, between 15 to 20 yeah. young men and women. Yeah. And they seemed genuinely interested and engaged in the discussion. I came in at the tail end of it. Um, and by tail end, that's probably like an hour, because this yeah. workshop started... Um, 9 a.m. this morning. Yeah. I was definitely at home still. <laughs> I don't mean they sleep, but I don't mean. 
I was I was getting my day started. Getting your day started. Yeah. And these young men and women were already here with you, engaged, ready to get what it is that you came to give. Yes. So tell me a little bit about the workshop, your setup, and what your intention is. Well, the work the workshop is basically a give and take, mm -hmm. in a sense where um, I basically give them my skill set that okay. I've acquired through the um, years in film, and also I take from them the their innocence, mm. you know, of okay. seeing things in a blank page, okay. and create a new imagination through them. Mm. You know, so it's not that I'm only come here and teach them and don't get nothing back. And I'm not talking about anything financial. Okay. You know, I'm talking about what they bring that I don't know, that I want to know. Interesting. Makes me as well feel like there's so much room for me to grow. Mm. Okay. Because I don't, you know, working with them, I approach the situation with. I don't know what you know. Mm -hmm. You don't know some of the things I know. Right. So as much as I'm filled with my knowledge, I also make space and room for a blank page, a blank slate. That's why I collect what they give. Sometimes with their, sometimes it comes from their, their questions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes their body language. Mm -hmm. Sometimes their uh, 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 facial expression. So it's interesting because one of the things that I think a lot of people who are of the diaspora, when they come back, they have this assumption that they're going to come and give, give, give. Whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's goods, whether it's services. And I'm not sure of what they believe that they'll be able to receive. So it's very key that you mention the fact that you're coming not only to give the little that you have in time and skill set, etc., but you're definitely aware of the fact that you're going to receive from them something that could broaden and brighten your perspective of already somebody who is an accomplished film writer. Yes, because I think that's important. Uh, yeah, it is because um, I don't. Yes, I see things my own perspective. But I also look at other people's perspective about things. Because mm -hmm. um, this morning we did something. The first thing we did this morning mm -hmm. was um, everyone's, I asked everyone to go outside with me. Okay. Grab your pen and your pad. Let's go outside. So we went outside. Let's just take a look at outside. Just take a look. And we're just looking outside, looking at what's, what's going on. We came back in. I said, okay, now, write what you saw inside. Mm. And they did. Just give me one uh, paragraph, write what you saw inside. And they did. And everything was the same, or? And everyone had a different perspective mm. about outside. Got it. And that's the beauty, the beauty of other people's perspective. Interesting. Because we all saw the same thing. We, are, we all have a different, we all see from a different window. So, when you decided that you were going to do this workshop, you 
did you because you're doing it and you're not charging them no so they have just decided on their own free will to take advantage of the opportunity yeah um, what did you go through as far as marketing promoting the event did you have assistance here on the grounds was this social media was this word of mouth how did how did these students fill up this room well there's a girl in um, Maryland mm -hmm. named Doreen. Doreen. I called Doreen and I explained to Doreen that um, I want to do this thing, the seminar thing. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And she said, oh, it's a brilliant idea. I know people that let me call someone in Sierra Leone. So King Milan was the, the guy, he, yeah. the connect. The, he was the connect. So we spoke and he liked, he, he, um, he liked the idea and he said he wanted to be part of it. Okay. So. And for those listening who don't know who King Milan is, who is King Milan? King Milan works for SLBC and he is part of the entertainment division. Okay. In SLBC. Gotcha. And he's a very, very generous, good person. Okay. And he, SLBC is um, one of the main television so, stations yeah. here, correct? Yeah. Okay. So he said, okay, what's the date? And I gave him the date. And he said, okay, let's make a flyer. And I made the flyer. And I have a very special person God blessed me with mm -hmm. through my, 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 um, my, uh, my family, my parents, my brother. I call another um, friend who I call a son. Okay. His name is Mustafa Masako. Okay. Him. And um, Mustafa goes around. He's the guy that goes around and do everything. Okay. Okay. I got the fly. I'm going to print the fly. I'm going to King Milan. I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going with this. He goes around so many times. I feel so bad sometimes. I'm like, man, look at this guy going around so many times. And he's a married man. Wow. <laughs> but he does it. Yeah. Because King Milan, Doreen, Mustafa and other people that's involved, they saw a bigger picture mm. of this whole thing. Okay. Then it was like, that's the first time someone that does what you do want to come to Sierra Leone and do stuff like this for free and give back to mm -hmm. Sierra Leone. Because, mm -hmm. you know, on an honest note, we all complain about a lot of things Sierra Leone is lacking. And most of us have that thinks everyone is lacking. Mm -hmm. But none of us want to take it upon ourselves to come to Sierra Leone and give back to Sierra Leone without getting paid. Yeah. And I always believe money is going to come. Yeah. Regardless, even if I don't want it, it's going to come. Right. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's how I start the seminar. Wow. And so the point that you make um, about giving back and the diasporans, the diasporans specifically. Um, one of the things that, you know, motivated me to even start this podcast was to really create dialogue where diasporans here on the continent are talking about their experiences and trying to give some sort of knowledge to what is really happening on a day-to-day -day basis to really give those that are not here who have some sort of interest in coming to visit, coming to do business, coming to travel, 
whatever it is that they have interest in, there's something within them that has piqued their curiosity, but they're not really sold on making the next step to buy a ticket, to save up money so they'll have some money when they're here. Um, those diasporans that see it as some sort of like challenge to take the next step and not just talk about it, but do something about it. What do you say to those who have apprehensive feelings who maybe, you know, we won't even say that it's not justified because everybody's got a different experience. Specifically, if we look at Sierra Leone, there, there's a point that you made during your workshop where you were talking to the students about the perception that people, other foreigners, whether they're other Africans, maybe they're European, maybe they're American, what their notion or perception is of Sierra Leoneans. They aren't really the most positive perceptions of Sierra Leoneans. We're bad-hearted, we're, um, what words did you use? Uh, we don't like each other and we will show up, but we will not follow up. What do you say to that as far as having a conversation with a fellow diasporan who has a lot of big ideas, especially big ideas that they love to post online, whether it's WhatsApp, whether it's Facebook discussions, yet they're missing in action is what I call it. What do you say to that diasporan that's listening? Well, um, I don't base my life on other people's experience. Mm -hmm. I have to experience stuff myself. Mm -hmm. And um, to build anything, even a relationship with a girl <laughs> or something with a friend, uh, and building a business and building a thing, it takes time. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes things are going to fail. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes what you expected is not going to be that way. Mm -hmm. It's okay. What happens in Sierra Leone between our culture with the people at home and the people abroad mm -hmm. is lack of um, uh, uh, um, planning. Okay. Lack of planning and lack of connecting with the right people. Okay and lack of deception both sides so, so if there was some sort of dialogue essentially that's built consistently between Sierra Leoneans here Sierra Leoneans abroad where both are in a position to not only talk but the other one can actually listen congest mm. digest that information and then also articulate something back that when they talk, the other side listens as well, then that you think will help to bridge the gap of understanding and connection. Yeah, because um, communication is the key to, to um, building a relationship with anything. And um, most people from, most Sierra Leone that live in America, mm -hmm don't they've never been to Suriname. Hmm. Say that again. Most <laughs> Surinamians that live in America, they've never been to Suriname. Talk on three times. You know, most Surinamians that live in America 
I've never been to Suriname. They're not Kanaya one day. One day not Kanaya. Yeah. So before I start doing before I started this seminar thing, I came to Suriname three times. Hmm. To vibe, feel it, feel the energy. Okay. See with my own eyes. Go around and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. We and I went I went around and talked to people. You know, mm -hmm. to the people. Mm -hmm. I went around and talked to people mm -hmm. as in fame, music mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So me talking to them gave me the opportunity to know what is missing. Okay. Because it's not about just bringing stuff. I know what is missing. I know what they have interest in. You understand? I so you. you just don't bring stuff to Sierra Leone. Idea or whatever thing you want to bring to Sierra Leone. Are the people interested in it? Okay. Do you, how do you think this translates over to other industries? Because obviously you're, um, you're a master in the film aspect, but what about business? What about um, industry? You know, um, consulting. Do you think that this mythology, this philosophy transfers or is there some hindrance when you come to other aspects based on your knowledge? Well, um, in some aspect, <laughs> some some things in Sarah are really, really frustrating. Frustrating for real. Okay. Some things will get you really, really angry. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be rude. Okay. No wahala. I get it. No wahala. But some people in Sierra Leone don't have the outgoing spirit of doing business okay. of what business is today. Okay? What do you mean? Well, things change, you know? Things have changed. Yeah. And um, there's business ethics. There's culture, you know, in a, a, um, a, a community where there is individualism, mm -hmm. doing business is different from a community where, the, where there is collective groupthink. Mm, yeah. Do you understand? The way you do business in Japan is different from the way you do business in America. Yeah. That's just a fact. It's the same thing with coming to Sierra Leone. You don't come to Sierra Leone to do business and think, I'm going to come run through with my American ideologies of doing things. You got to be realistic to yourself. Okay? Somebody tell me now, I'm a man. If you know I'm in a chap, you need to do business or <laughs> Like, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I said, but you don't need to chap me. If you do business, you don't begin to chap me. That means we're not supposed to do business. Yeah. That means you don't begin to me already. Yeah. I just wanted to interrupt this moment to bring you some in-depth understanding of what Ish and I are discussing, and particularly because we started speaking Creole as opposed to English. And for some of you listening, you may not speak Creole or be familiar with um, any dialects similar. The word chop is being used right now and Ish is referencing the concept of chopping my money. Um, 
I know some of you are familiar with the song Chop My Money. Yeah. But in this case, it's not a lady, you know, chopping some guy's money because he's trying to woo her and he's ready to spend those dollars or lira or whichever currency to get her attention. This is more serious. Um, a lot of corruption that is known um, to take place on the continent um, has to do with having to pay people off in order to get um, processes in place that should just truly be adhered to simply because it's the process. But the person actually taking the action instead of um, procrastinating or delegating to someone who is not as knowledgeable, etc. Um, basically getting the person to do their job requires paying them off to do their job. So each person along the way might end up taking a little bit more than what you have allocated for as far as your budget of spending money to get something done. And so when you walk away, you feel like you've been chopped because everybody has chopped a little bit here and chopped a little bit there and chopped a little bit somewhere else. And so for Ish, when that concept was reiterated to him, his response was actually, no, I don't believe that it's okay for somebody to take from me in addition to what I'm required to pay for already. I'm already spending my money to come. I'm already spending my money to try and implement something that is not here, you know, and there's unforeseen costs that may come up that I need to be prepared for. Aside from that, why should I have to allocate money to pay people off? He believes that if he should have to pay people off, then those are not the people who he should really be doing business with anyway. Every sector of Sierra Leone have to change their mentality about working with other Sierra Leoneans, especially Sierra Leoneans abroad. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. That, um, that need to change. Okay? Because mm -hmm. I worked with I've worked I've sat down with people that um when I say I do film and I wanna come help the film industry in a way, my way, mm -hmm. they feel like I'm looking down on the film industry. No, that's not what I'm doing. I see potential. Untapped potential. Untapped potential. Yeah. And I see people don't go right past me. I see a bigger vision. And I want to be part of it. I want to be the people that open that door. There's a door. Yeah. I want to be the, one of those people that open that door for people to see what they're capable of doing, the, the possibilities of things in this business. And so you, you will go now like, um, go pull motoka in Awataki, and you deal with issue of foreign I will not deal with. Just because, you know, so you know, coming from abroad.
Yeah, so basically, just to be super clear, if you go to retrieve anything major that you've had shipped at Water Key, which is the main port, things that you wouldn't have to deal with as somebody who lives here in Sierra Leone on a regular basis, once they identify that you are from abroad, the terminology here is JC. There's a lot of different fees that you're going to incur mm -hmm. that yeah. you will have to pay in order to get things done. And there's no one that you can really go cry to because everybody is embedded in that system. Yeah. So that's a huge deterrent for a diasporan because we are used to rules and regulations. So as a diasporan who, through knowing all of that, you have still pushed through and you're now literally in the moment of executing your first workshop here in Sierra Leone. What words of encouragement do you give despite all of the hurdles to a diasporan that has the, the notion to even think about the possibility of wanting to come and give? Well, um, I would say, don't be afraid. Come and come visit. Come understand Sierra Leone. Come understand the people. And you're going to meet the people you want to work with. They're going to come your way. That's just how the universe works. Mm. Okay? I don't, I, didn't, I don't know King Milan personally. I know of him. I never ever think this if one day I will ever sit down with this guy, interview me, or we'll talk about building something together. But that's just how the universe works. You know? So my advice to them, don't be afraid, come to Sierra Leone, come give it a try, you know. But my other advice to people, when I left America, when I get off that plane, everything I know of America, I leave it in that plane, mm. okay? I get off that plane, I come to Lungay, mm -hmm. the, the um, airport. Right. I come as a Sierra Leone that's going to come understand Sierra Leone as Sierra Leone is, not as Sierra Leone that I want it to be. Mm. I understand what I want Sierra Leone to be. But in order for me to get that done, I have to understand Sierra Leone as what Sierra Leone is. Okay? So one thing that you mentioned during your workshop was when I think a student asked you, about breaking the rules of script writing. Yeah. And you said to that student, you have to know the rules in order to then know how to break the rules. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, this is the same, where in order to know how you can possibly affect and change Sierra Leone, you first have to understand how Sierra Leone works. You have to understand how Sierra Leone works. It's like, it's like um, sending an undercover cop to go into a community <laughs> of a bunch of uh, 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 drug dealers and stuff. Stone cold criminals. You know, so they have to think that way, act yeah. that way, and behave that way. Yeah. But they know what, why they, they don't go smoke drugs. They know why they do. They're, they're there for the bigger picture. Yeah. It's the same thing. I'm not saying students that's criminals or no, no we're no, not. No. I'm just making an example. No, I it's, understand it's an analogy yeah. for all of those listening. It is just an analogy. Calm down. Um, okay, so 
I want to switch gears a little and talk about um, why and how, as an African, an African young man, how did you have parents that allowed you to go into the arts and not force you into being a doctor, lawyer, or engineer? Oh wow, my um, <laughs> my parents are very very open-minded people. I'll tell you something. I went to both Christian and Muslim schools. Okay. I go to Christian school. In the daytime, I get off Christian school. I do a Muslim school in the evening. Here and in my, Sierra Leone. Here in Sierra Leone. And my dad never wanted me to be, you're going to be a Muslim, you're going to be a Christian. He wanted me to understand what Christianity is about and what Islam is about. Wow. Women to know God. That's God in these two things. And when you're able to make decision, you make your decision. Mm. When I was a boy, my dad would play videos. Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash. Jones, Johnny Cash said, come watch this people. Yeah. Me and my dad were both big fans of Bruce Lee. So we watch Bruce Lee movies every day, and Muhammad Ali. So he said, "Oh, come watch Muhammad Ali. Come watch Bruce Lee. Come watch." So he, he gave me that sense of encouragement hmm. to do what I'm passionate about, you know. And I'm thankful because of that. You know, I'm really, really thankful. And I mean, for those that haven't done all your Googles. His father happens to be um, a very, very important person within Sierra Leone's political landscape, um, has held various ministerial positions in various government regimes, Minister of Finance, Minister of Works, Energy and Works, Power, land, Minister of Mining, Minister, Minister, Vice Minister. Vice President for 21 times. Yeah, so, and is, is still, you know, he's not in the political game at this point in time all definitely a private citizen but um you know a lot of times one would assume when you're in that field if anything you're just grooming your kids to literally just do what you're doing and stay in that space and not think outside of the box so i, I mean i really commend him and your mom for even being in a mindset to allow you to look at what what else is out there Oh yeah, we, we all, um, let me tell you something, yeah? The good thing is, I wasn't raised as a, the term minister began. I wasn't raised that way. Mm -hmm. I wash my own clothes, I clean my own room, I have a section at the house to clean. I wasn't spoiled. My dad made sure of that, okay? Mm -hmm. My uh, um, mom was the same, the the the, um, the same way. Okay. The thing about um, politics, there's politics and everything, in movie, entertainment yeah. business, everything. But my dad never forced us into politics. I love politics, and I love love politics. But I've never like participated in running, but I've voted. In election. You put your hand in that ink? Yeah, I did. <laughs> took three weeks to clean it up. <laughs> you know, 
but the beauty the beauty of, about this is for your parents to be able to make, give you the road map guide you in the road but don't tell you how to walk in the road map yeah that's the beauty of it that's you know, that's what they did so um one of the things that I think is very interesting about you, but it's not technically about you, is how deep your network is and how wide your network is. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. So I am, I always say to myself, I don't say this to people because they would just laugh at me, but I am two slash one degree away separation a degree of separation away from mr idris alba because of this guy um idris is i think what your first or second cousin first cousin yeah so like like i'm right there y'all i'm right there and um i think you, with you being in the film industry especially in the u.s obviously personally of course you guys are going to cross paths but um, I'm assuming too within just the industry itself and the work you, you two would cross paths Are there any moments where he has? <clears throat> taken the time to give you words of inspiration that you can share yeah. One thing he just told me one time I said don't move to LA <laughs> <laughs> So where you trying guys you don't grab move to California, but but with Idris is this. Yeah, okay And I want to make this clear we don't choose our families, okay? Mm. You don't choose blood family. That's God's given, okay? Facts. I would never want to milk from the other man. Because yeah. I saw Idris before. It's Idris Elba, like people look at him like, at today. Mm -hmm. I saw when he was grinding, when he was trying to come up. And I, when I saw that, to me, that's an inspiration to me for him to grind and climb and climb and climb. Wow. Yo, that's my blood. Hmm. Same blood. I could do the same thing. But if there's an opportunity mm -hmm. where he wants to open a door for me, not a handout, a door to say, you know my cousin does this and he can write this, this, this. I'm not gonna say no to that. Nadia gotta eat. Absolutely. <laughs> Gaima has to sell clothes. Gaima has to sell clothes. Couture clothing for a kanu. No, I think it's I think it's amazing. And I think it's important too, because a lot of people, um, I would say the mentality here, we're here in Sierra Leone, so we yeah. see it. And not to take away from the fact that, you know, a lot has happened here. So when you have war, when you have a disease as devastating as Ebola, when you have um, a lot of, well, technically it's a sinkhole. I've done my research. It wasn't a mudslide, it was a sinkhole. Um, both devastating. And you have all of that coupled with an environment that is uh, post-colonialism, which is its own monster when you compare it to slavery because I feel like it, you're, you're, you're instilling a certain way of life into the minds of people, even within their own homeland, that I think you could argue 
may be just as or more devastating than slavery. And then you have the governments that have come afterwards, which many could argue corruption. When you have all of that heaped into one pot and, and thrown at a nation, and this isn't just Sierra Leone, but we're talking Sierra Leone, you know, a, a mentality comes from that. And so what we see as diasporans returned is a mentality in which you need to help me because you have the opportunity, you have the access, you have the means, you by right must help me. And it's almost as though it's because there's this notion that you don't even believe that you can help yourself. You just explain how even though you're seeing your blood in the same industry as you, he worked, he worked, he worked until he rose and now he's at you know an amazing platform that he has globally and he's working and he's, he's doing what he loves to do. You didn't take from that, he needs to help me because we're first cousins. You took from that, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. How do we take that mentality and somehow embed it, re reintroduce it so that it can actually be consumed by our people here? Well, first is first thing, Salon people gotta admit. Yeah. They have to admit. Oh. We all have to admit. Okay. That our destinies is not in another man's hands. Mm. That's what I believe in. My destiny is not in my dad's hand. My destiny is not in my, my, my mom's hand. Yeah. Not in, in Idris' hands. My destiny is in God's hands. It's on me to take the right path that I have to take for God to somehow give me what I deserve. Mm -hmm. And what do I deserve comes from the work I put in. Mm -hmm. If I sleep 24 hours, if I do 20 hours a day, and I wanna write, but I sleep 20 hours a day, I don't wanna like do what it takes to get to the level I wanna get to. We just uh, pray for God to take care of me, but I'm not taking care of myself. When he gives me right and wrong brain mm -hmm. and consciousness to do stuff, why am I not using it? So certain people need to understand, and likewise the government need to understand, everyone have an, a, a, a responsibility in, in some sense. If I'm, if I'm put in this position to run this office or to do this, and thousands of people, life depends on this office. Mm -hmm. I have to run that office the right way. Or if not, I'm going to crash other people's lives. And that's what happened in Sierra Leone. But then at the same time... Salomon and Luck Enjoyments! Yeah. Then at the same time, there are so much avenues. Yeah. They come in Sierra Leone and can look and say, I've tried this way for 30 years, it's not working. Saying government, 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 government. I've tried this way for 30 years, it's not working. Let me use another way. What's the easiest way for a person in Sierra Leone to earn money? Agriculture. Of course. Okay? Most people don't want to do it. 
you know. You're from America, I'm from America. I live in America, I live in Sierra Leone. There are things people in Sierra Leone know about cell phones, Facebook, and Twitter, and all that stuff. I don't know about it. And they're not making money from the internet. And you can make money from the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So, what you just said, talk on Pan Creole. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? Me people there. Salon lovely people, and I say, No mortal man, nothing at this world, when destiny is not a mortal man in hand. We all with destiny and God in hand today. But even though we destiny and God in hand today, we back up for play our own part for walk towards deserving that destiny who God will give you. If I had a right movie, but I sleep 20 hours and write four hours, but 20 hours sleep. I know we write good movies or do good things or be successful because I spend my time doing lazy stuff or not being productive. That's what I'm saying. And not to office no more job day. Okay? Where they spend where they spend too much time on our phone. Don't make the phone they use you. Then our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they send pictures and all that stuff. Use the phone, use internet, you can generate money from the internet. Then agriculture now very, very vital tool to earn income in the world. And it works in Sierra Leone. Amen. 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 Now, final question. Yes, ma'am. Where you don't come back? What's the one thing where you eat? Where you don't eat, where you don't satisfy, where not they free to, where not they I mean, LA. Um, plum. The yellow little thing then they sell on the street. Mm. Round one. I call them plum. So for all of those listening, I feel like every fruit name that we were raised up to know in the US, it's completely opposite when you come here. <laughs> Pear is called it's actually an avocado. Yeah, Pierre. I'm like, I, I need an avocado. What's he not avocado? When I show them, oh, this is not Pierre. This is not a pear. There's a pear in America. So I, I don't know how to call it here. Maybe they call it avocado. And that's the thing. So one of the things that I spend my time doing, too, is just learning about the different foods that naturally grow here, that exist here, that may also exist there in the U.S. or at least is imported to us, but they have completely different names. Sure. I'm here learning. So what I will um, do is give you so much appreciation for your time. You have started, you probably have been up since 5 o'clock in the morning. I've been up since 5 o'clock yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. You seem like a 5 a.m. type of I'm guy. 5 a.m. That's yeah. my alarm clock. 5 yes. So um, to sit down on a whim and talk to me, it's greatly appreciated. I look forward to attending a portion of the workshop tomorrow and seeing your students just engaged in what you have to offer. I think it's a blessing that I'm sitting here in Sierra Leone with you. Yeah. Can you imagine? And yeah. I just keep having the best link-ups. Yeah. All you got to do is stay in Salon for about four months and you'll, you'll you won't out. believe who will come through back and forth so um 
Thank you for spending time with No Wahala, the podcast. You're welcome, No Wahala, the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes. I truly appreciate it. Hi, I'm Gaima, and you've been listening to No Wahala, the podcast. I hope you are inspired to deepen your connection to Africa through the story shared by my guests and I, the African diasporans in Africa. Follow No Wahala on your favorite podcast streaming platform today. Comment, rate, and share. We could all learn from each other. For more, visit us at imgaima.com backslash no wahala. What's the first food you're gonna eat? Because there's, I have a list of foods that I miss. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat too much. What? Yeah. Are you a vegetarian here? Yeah, I've I've had um, meat, chicken. I don't even eat meat and chicken no more. So I stay away from all that stuff. So what do you eat? I eat a lot of grass. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway.